Hey, Ford Explorers, before we get into the show, we're just doing our regular bit where we tell you to follow on social media, be it Twitter, Instagram. We have a Patreon if you'd like a subliminal shout out. We also have our hotline. If you want to call in, leave us a story. We're working on something special with that. Please do. Otherwise, enjoy the show. We'll see you there. Cat Spirit Hour. I am the Colonel. This is Caleb. We're very happy to see you. How's it going? Uh, it, this is our third week of spooky season. It is. It's getting foggy in here. Uh, it's probably going to stay this way, though, because this little fog is fun. It's our salvia smoke. We just have Eric, salvia Eric over there, just blowing clouds to keep us, keep us lit. How are you? How's your week? I'm good. I had a uh, very fun ghost occurrence that I was the only person that saw it this week. And that was, uh, we had a little spill behind the bar, so I went to go grab the mop, and the way the bar is laid out, there's the, the bathrooms, and the mop is behind here in this little hallway that's also where the back door is. And I grab the mop, and as soon as my hand makes contact with it, the light directly above me turns white. Oh, interesting. Just the single one, and then I move a little bit more, it turns back to red, I stop again to look up, it turns white right above me again, and then once I realize what's happening, I look up at the light right above me. It turns back to red, and then the normal one over the booth that people like that people have seen someone sitting there, felt someone sitting there. It turned blue. It's uh, I think the ghost just saw Squid Game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little white light, red yeah. light going on. Yeah, white light, red light, not green light. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a spooky one. Well, again. The invitation continues to be extended to any amateur or professional ghost hunters. If you want to come investigate our bar, shoot us a message or leave us a comment or something. Because it's, yeah. it's legitimately haunted. Though, Like we said, the way I always put it is if there are ghosts, we got them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this week, we're going to start with a couple headlines. Yes. Yeah, why don't you start with one of yours? Um, I found a really cool one. So a, a six-year-old boy in Michigan was hiking with his parents when he found a 12,000-year-old mastodon tooth. Oh, that's so cool. That's living the dream, man. Yeah, uh, they believe he is probably the first to touch the tooth in thousands of years. Um, but he, they were hiking in the Dinosaur Hill Nature Preserve in Rochester Hills. And uh, on Labor Day, they were hiking, and he felt something underneath his foot while wading through a creek. So he reached down and pulled a 12,000-year-old fossilized molar of a juvenile mastodon out of the mud. Oh, man, that's so cool. Uh, it's really cute what he did. He, he held it up to his parents, and he said, Wow, I found a dragon tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he kind of did, right? And uh, originally, his father um, dismissed the discovery as like, Oh, it's just a rock, and we're just going to have to take it with us. That's such a dad thing. Uh, but his mom was like, Wait a second. And she thought about where they were, and she was like, Given the name of the park, maybe it had been a dinosaur tooth. And so they took it with them. Uh, got it tested, and they're like, oh, it's a mastodon molar. And so they sent it to the University of Michigan, the Museum of Paleontology, and they did confirm they had something very special on their hands. Um, but it's actually not as rare as people would imagine. Okay. Uh, in the area of Michigan, mastodon fossils and mammoth fossils are super common. 
Um, so to find super common, well, fairly common. Yeah. Um, so when you find something like that, it's kind of like a yeah, you found something super cool. Uh, you want us to add it to the rest in our museum? I will say that growing up in Montana, like I came across trilobites and stuff all the mm-hmm. time in washes. Um, you come across the coolest gems. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go. Uh, my dad could leave a better information in the comments, but we used to go to these sapphire fields. Just go out there and pan for sapphires and stuff. It's crazy to think that it's just a field. It's not. It's untouched. You know, yeah. it's just naturally this is a field full of sapphires. Yeah. I mean, we live in the post-industrial world. We never get to see that. It's super funny because he got uh, interviewed and he said, at first I thought I was going to get money. Yeah. I was going to get a million dollars. And then they, they told him that, like, hey, they're not actually really valuable monetarily. He goes, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> he said, I'm so embarrassed right now. But, yeah, it is now uh, with the Museum of Paleontology at the University of Michigan. Okay. Um, they're still doing some tests and stuff on it, taking casts, things like that. But I just thought it was a fun thing, a little six-year-old archaeologist. Yeah, man, that one's interesting. Well, my first story is a follow-up to a podcast we did, I think, about a month ago now. Uh, we dipped our toes into Havana Syndrome, Easy Bake Espionage. If you haven't listened to it, please go do it. It's really, it's a good one. Uh, it's a little more free-form than some of our stories because we know less about it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, what, about a week ago, I think I... Uh, brought up the follow-up that there was a declassified report from the government that said, no, it's just crickets. But that didn't make a lot of sense because it's happened a lot of different places, including most recently in Vietnam, which is what has brought it to everybody's attention. Well, as it turns out, Politico is reporting that uh, the U.S. government absolutely believes that it is probably energy weapons, and they're trying to find a way uh, to combat it. It continues to happen, and while they're declassifying reports that say that it is crickets, they are internally working pretty hard to try to figure out what it actually is because it is causing real problems. And as we saw in Vietnam, causing real delays that the government does take seriously. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so funny that... Well, it was called the Justin's Report, the cricket one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that we talked J- about. We Jason did. Report. Jason Report. That's yeah. right. Uh, and it's like, we were joking that it was an intern that was like, come up with something. He's like, I got it. Yeah. It was crickets. And then he, they published it and everyone was like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and they're like, fuck. I guess we have to go with the real story now. They're not believing the cricket story. It makes me think of Project Blue Book. You know, yeah. Like the Loveland UFO thing. Another fun story. But just like the ineptitude of covering stuff up. What was it? Uh, you didn't see it. Well, okay, well, that's a terrible place to start. Hey, we all saw this thing. Do you guys know what it was? You didn't see it. No, but, like, the thing we all <laughs> saw. We, we what, like, we're looking at it oh, right swamp now. swamp gas, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just got gas. I don't have gas. Swamp, no, swamp's got gas. Swamp's got gas. Uh, yeah. It got its way into you, and it makes you see UFOs. How? I don't know, man. I'm not a scientist. No, you're literally a scientist. What do you mean you're not a scientist? Like mass hysteria and shit. Mass hysteria definitely can't happen, but it's it gets used so much to try to explain away when people see, uh, specifically, obviously, usually it's like UFOs and stuff, when a lot of people see a thing that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. They're not all fucking crazy. I mean, some of them were to begin with, but the shared delusion, especially, we're talking a lot here, but it's nonsense. What's your second story? Well, speaking of energy weapons, a... Protect your brain. <laughs> Wear an aluminum foil bonnet. No, you need a, uh, 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 what can I think of what it's called? Tesla, the cage. What is oh, the cage? Oh, a Faraday cage. Yeah, you just need a little Faraday helmet. Uh, easy made way to make one, get a uh, copper touch knee brace. It's the, the stretchy knee brace that has copper wire through it and just slip it on your head. <laughs> it'll do it perfectly. Or it might amplify it. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Hopefully it'll <laughs> stop the chip from the vaccine. That's what I'm well, that's in your arm, not your head. Uh, well, it's been making my eyes magnetic. I don't know how to explain it. 
it sucks when I'm in the kitchen just forced. Just, um, it's why I wear glasses. I don't need these. It's just to protect my eyes from the fork prongs. Um, no, but speaking of energy weapons, a U.S. Navy nuclear-powered submarine was floating through international waters in the South China Sea last week, and it just hit something. It did a bonk. It just hit something. And uh, injured nearly a dozen sailors. Uh, a bunch of seamen got injured. And <laughs> Nothing worse than bruised seamen. They said that uh, the Seawolf-class uh, submarine was going full speed Ahead. and hit something. And 11 sailors sustained moderate to minor injuries in the incident. It was the Red October. They found yeah, it. They found it. They're like, oh, shit, it's here. <laughs> um, they said that the boat's nuclear propulsion plant was not affected by the collision. Oh, that's good. And that the extent of the damage is still being examined, but they're pretty sure it's fine. And they still have not said what they hit. They're not sure what they hit. But the last time something like this happened was um, a couple years back, a submarine in 2005 hit a mountain that was under sea. And it injured 137 people on board. Jesus. Because it was going full speed and just ran into this underwater mountain. That really speaks to, like, how little we know about the ocean. And they did an investigation about it, and they're like, that big underwater mountain's not on our charts. That's why we ran into it at full speed. <laughs> well, it probably should be now. So after they do this investigation, they might find that maybe they just ran into another uh, another, another another uncharted sea mountain. Yeah, an unknown sea mountain. We could only hope. <laughs> My favorite uncharted game. <laughs> sea mountain. <laughs> sea mountain. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Tomb Raider game. Uh, all right, well, so my final story is a little bit more than just a regular headline. Uh, we obviously, we talk a little bit about the headlines, and I have a background. I went to journalism school, and, you know, I there was a time in my life when I wanted to talk about the news. Now I just talk about UFOs and Sasquatches with you. Um, you know, I... I want to be able to expand upon this headline a little bit more. So I'm going to put out a video this week talking a little bit more about this and sort of the web sleuthing attitude. But I want to talk about the Zodiac Killer. Uh, so Casebreakers, a group of people who are known for ruining people's lives and being pretty wrong about most of the cases. I, it's true. Most yeah. of the cases, they ruined D.B. Cooper. Well, the man, a man that they accused of being D.B. Cooper, they ruined his life until he died. Um, they think that they found the Zodiac Killer. They think it's a guy named Gary Post, and uh, I'll get into it more into that video, but they're fucking wrong. They didn't find <laughs> him. That's not who it was. Uh, it's pretty, their evidence is pretty thin, and it sucks because it looks like they're tarnishing the image of another human being that probably doesn't deserve it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were very excited at the idea that the Zodiac had been identified. <laughs> Obviously, I sort of buried the lead because I don't think that that's true, but that's the headline. The more important detail is stay tuned this week because I'm going to do a little, a little short-form video um, to sort of talk about that and the Gabby Petito case and sort of uh, the greater scope of responsibility in terms of being an actual sleuth. We talk a lot on this show about how we're careful yeah. about making any like grand accusations or participating in any cases or anything because we know who we are. Yes. We are on the sidelines. We don't know the people in these cases. We're making jokes, you know, we're making light of a lot of these things. I think people who take it upon themselves, like that only murderers in the building show, you yeah. know, who like take it upon themselves to like solve a true crime case, pretty much only ever get in the way of I don't like cops either, but in the way of investigated, yeah. pro like, professionals. So, anyway, the Zodiac wasn't found. That's the big headline <laughs> for the day, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little video about it later this week. But that is it for headlines. I want to talk about the main case this week. Yes, so the main case this week is known as 
The Hammersmith Ghost Murder. The time that a ghost haunted an English countryside and then was murdered. Yes. Um, I like this one because I joke around that if uh, they remade Scooby-Doo, you and I would be like Shaggy and Scooby. Uh, to like, uh, you know, like the BuzzFeed guys. Yeah. They would be like, I don't know. What's the girl with the glasses? What's her name? Velma. Velma. Ryan's got a real Velma energy about him. Shane's got a real Fred energy. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's a real Fred. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And I would be, uh, the dog, <laughs> I believe. No, I think that title might go to you. We're more of like a Shaggy and Scrappy-Doo kind of duo. You know, uh, but yeah. So this is a this is a I bring that up because this is such a Scooby Doo like case. Exactly. It's, yeah. You know, taking the white sheet off the head of the spooky guy. Uh, but yeah, it's a case that involves both murder and ghosts. It's a case that involves both murder and ghosts, which, as we've been talking about, not this, in the order that you would expect. No, <laughs> yeah. not in the order that you would expect. Yeah, the ghost. It's a the chicken came before the egg. It's inexplicable. Uh, but yeah, so it you know sort of we talked uh, last week and the week before that for spooky season we wanted to cover important tropes yes. of the Halloween season. This year kind of focusing on the film ones. This one is pretty clear, you know, beyond the Scooby-Doo reference, obviously a murder and a ghost in one is fantastic. So why don't you start the story off, Caleb? Why don't you tell them what happened? I'll set the scene. It is uh, November and the year is 1803. It's, that's wrong. It is 2021 <laughs> and it is October. Fuck, my watch is wrong. Yeah, it was a long <laughs> Oh, year. well. Um... So we are in Hammersmith, England, okay. which is five miles away from Buckingham Palace. Oh, so it's just, yeah, it's just basically where the countryside used to start. Yes. Uh, Hammersmith basically lined up exactly where uh, the country began and the city ended. Yeah. And it's, uh, that was on its right side border and its western or uh, southern border was the Thames River. Okay. Uh, just so we're, we got an idea of perspective. The River Thames. Um, we're going to do a lot of bad English accents. Oh, yeah, 100%. Don't apologize for it. Uh, Hammersmith was a newly developed area. All the houses were being freshly built in this area because it was as they were expanding away from the city. Locally grown, non-GMO homes. Yes, they are popping up everywhere, no corn syrup in them. Um, And the year before, so 1802, supposedly a man who was helping build the houses committed suicide by slicing his own throat. Um, and he had been buried in the Hammersmith churchyard. Um, a lot of people said that at the time you weren't supposed to bury suicide victims in a church burial ground. Yeah, because they they don't go to heaven because they killed themselves. And uh, yeah, you don't go to heaven if you kill yourselves. But also, if you get put in a consecrated ground as a suicide victim, your soul would not be at rest. Okay. Um, because they also believe that. The reason you took your life is because you had some unsolved mystery or unsolved inner uh, mystery that you had to deal with. So if you are buried at rest like a normal dead person, that your soul wouldn't be at rest because it never got resolved. Hypothesis: Maybe they wanted to make a ghost. Yeah. Maybe they're like, no, we got to bury him at the church. To build if we ghost. do, we're gonna get a ghost. Um, and that sparks the Hammersmith ghost. Yeah, the myth. The legend. The legend of the Hammersmith ghost. The legend of the Hammersmith ghost was an apparition who was very tall and dressed in all white. Sometimes. Other times, it was said to be wearing a calfskin garment with horns and large glass eyes. More like a demonic-looking creature. Sure, like a woods demon. And so many people started talking about, over the past year, so from 1802 to 1803, 
the Hammersmith ghosts. They were like, there was a, a pregnant lady walking through the cemetery when all of a sudden the Hammersmith ghost appeared right behind a gravestone and grabbed her with both arms and she fainted and supposedly never woke up again. <laughs> or people were just walking down the street. That's what happened to uh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, that was a treat. That was oh. a We well, didn't a have a heart attack, though. That's true. Yeah. Um, he saved us. That was on May 21st of 2012. It was, yeah. yeah he saved <laughs> us from the end of the world. He sacrificed himself. Rest <laughs> in peace, brother. Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim for me. Um, Tangent, did you know Slim Jim still owns the rights to his likeness? They do, yeah. Well, to the Macho Man likeness. Yes. Yeah, not to Randy Poffo's likeness, but to the Macho Man likeness. So they could theoretically bring Macho Man back. Mm -hmm. It's so strange to me. Having a company own your likeness is so strange. Well, it's a character. We could get into that a lot uh, in terms of how strange it is, but WWE... Um, for a very, very long time, Vince McMahon would force incoming wrestlers to change their name, and it was so he could own it. Yeah. So that if they ever left, he could affect it. It wasn't until recently when he was sort of convinced to be a little cooler about it and open the doors up a little bit that people have been able to come in with their original names. Oh, nice. CM Punk was actually one of the first people to ever come in and get to keep his name. Yeah. <laughs> he did change his name. His original name is CM Folk. Um, <laughs> but I had to change it to reach the target audience. Yeah. No, so uh, another case was two women were walking down the street, and apparently the, the Hammersmith ghost came out and pushed them down and ran away, which was weird. I love itself. that. So immature. Yeah. So juvenile. Uh, ah, I got you, fucker. Uh, another one was an elderly man was walking down the street, and uh, the Hammersmith ghost came up and accosted him. And, uh, hey, buddy, nice shoes. And, and uh, again... I think a ghost just nigged me on the street. Uh, disappeared. Um, and so many people were like... So many sightings had come up and so many stories began to circulate that um, more and more people were like just coming forward with things. Like Thomas Groom, who was a brewer's servant, testified that he was walking through the churchyard with a companion one night around 9 o'clock and... Uh, Something came up from behind a gravestone, wrapped both of its hands around his neck, and were just choking him to when he was able to break free, turn around, and throw a punch, <laughs> but didn't meet anything solid, is what he said, and punched right through it. Uh, he said, I gave a bit of a push out with my fist and felt something soft, like a great coat. <laughs> uh, so, more and more people are coming out with ghost stories, being harassed by this ghost, and they don't know what to do. So uh, they do what any right-minded person would do, and that's create a neighborhood watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were worried that somebody... We've talked about this before. We talked about it with the Beast of Jevenin, mm -hmm. but they did the same thing. They, like, uh, put together, you know, a group of hunters to try to protect the... T I mean, we live in the world that we do now, yeah. but that kind of used to be, you know, circle of wagons. Oh, 100%. Um, so we get to December 29th. It's the end of the year. Although, circle of the wagons, there's a sheet spooking people. Because he hasn't, I mean, there's a, there is a, a, obviously there's a death with the pregnant woman. I guess that would be two deaths. Yeah. Um, depends on what political party you're in. <laughs> um, Remember, we can't get too political. We'll lose subscribers. <laughs> Shout out to uh, OG Vicodin Muncher. Fucking <laughs> comments are the funny thing. <laughs> but, like, so he doesn't, like, he's not intentionally... I keep saying he, uh, the ghost. Yes. I shouldn't gender the ghost. Mm -hmm. I apologize. But it's allegedly a ghost of a man. Yes. So this ghost has not murdered anybody. He's just kind of futzed with people. Yeah. He gave one guy a turtleneck treatment, you know? He's just kind of being a nuisance. Yeah. Like, have you been injured by the <laughs> Hammersmith ghost? And this guy's like, 
Yeah, uh, I was walking home from work, and it popped out from behind a street corner, and it gave me a really bad rug burn on my arm. <laughs> uh, I'd like to report a wet willy. I was given two wet willies. An old guy comes, he said, I was attacked by the ghost. Oh, yeah, what did it do? It popped up from behind a trash can and went <laughs> to my lips. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the most harmless ghost. It's what a lot of people say they would do if they were a ghost. Like, what would you do? Oh, I'd fuck with all my friends. Yeah. Well, that's what this ghost is trying to do. It's like, he's like, I'm going to be a fun, playful ghost. <laughs> he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to kill people. This is ridiculous. They're like... Thompson over there hasn't been the same since he saw the ghost. And it's a guy, like, curled up in a chair, and he's like, I don't talk about the time I saw the ghost. Oh, yeah, what happened? He popped out in front of me and showed me his bare ass. It was as white as the moon. It changed my life for good. <laughs> yeah, so this ghost, is, this ghost is just popping up, just pulling pranks on people. Doing the jokes. funniest ghost in the world. Not even, like, TikTok pranks. Yeah. You know, this isn't even, like, Pops out, he's like, <laughs> it's just like, no. ah! <laughs> a ghost that does YouTube trends. It's like, yeah, I saw the ghost. What did it do? It popped out and ate a spoonful of cinnamon and coughed into my face and then disappeared. I saw a ghost in this Troom Troom video and it was doing a life hack that I don't think works. A ghost popped out and super glued a zucchini to my phone. <laughs> I don't know what it was supposed to help with. So it's December 29th, and uh, William Girdler. <laughs> the, <laughs> the reason we're laughing so much is we said Girdler sounds like just something you do to testicles. You don't you have know? to explain it. Anybody it's who funny. hears the word Girdler who speaks English knows why it's funny. How was your date night? <laughs> How was your date last night? Dude, she's a keeper, man. She girdled me. <laughs> I'm so sorry to my mom and grandma who are listening to this. Um, yeah, Girdler. So, so Girdler's a watchman, right? Yeah, Billy Girdles. Uh, <laughs> Bill the Girdler. He is a night watchman, and he is one of the main people. He got appointed by the constable uh, to kind of run the night watches. Okay. And he is walking down Beaver Lane, uh, Girdler down Beaver Lane. <laughs> He's girdling down Beaver Lane. Uh, that sounds like, uh, you know how all the Nelka guys are getting in trouble for, like, gambling scandals? That sounds like the code name that they sent out to their buddies. Listen, guys, it's time to girdle down Beaver Lane. <laughs> like, oh, shit, that's Code Red! <laughs> Someone gets accidentally CC'd on it, and they're like, what the fuck does this email say? It says, Nelk just sent me an email that says, girdle down Beaver Lane. Is this a scam? I think this is a threat. <laughs> So, it's just this, one of those threat emails that's like, we saw you gurgling through your webcam. If you do not send three Ethereum to this email, we will send it to your whole contact. Everyone will those see emails you. are funny. It's like, we watched you masturbate. We have a video of it. We'll send it to your entire contact. It's like, and it's buddy, like joke's on you. That's funny. <laughs> cool. I don't have that much money. Um, most of my family's already disappointed in me. Send out the email. I don't give a shit. You'd be amazed how little this matters to me. Also, my email contacts are pretty much just people I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in like six years. So this would be a good icebreaker. Send them a weird low angle video. I don't care. Uh, so he is doing his rounds and um, he's on Beaver Lane when he sees the ghost. And he's like, oh man, it's the ghost. I better fucking chase it. He's like... 
Oh man, <laughs> he said a, g- 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 a ghost. <laughs> um, so he starts chasing it, and the apparition is just running, and it's a you know your standard ghost in a white sheet. Yeah, it's a sheet ghost. You know, it's like your regular good old fashioned. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So, I think it's fantastic that that has ever scared anybody, you know? So, it just starts running, and uh, Billy Girdles is just taken after it, when all of a sudden, the apparition just throws off the sheet and disappears. Well, it manages to escape, I That's should what say. you say. Or maybe it just shed its corporeal form. So, at the time, like London... pick up the sheet, you know? London didn't have an organized police force, and uh, many people... just a really disorganized police force. Yeah, we had a police force, but they fucking suck. Um, <laughs> we got about 300 of these fuckers, and we haven't arrested somebody in two years. So they saw it, and people are more and more frightened. He saw the ghost. He's like, it escaped. I know it's here. We need to do something. Let's start giving people guns. <laughs> so citizens start forming armored... Ooh. Armed patrols um, in hopes to, quote... Apprehend the ghost. <laughs> Why do they need guns? Why are they gonna try to arrest a ghost? Yeah, that's such a that's such a like small brain. It's such a stupid solution to think that you could shoot a ghost. I know that back then things were a little different and lore worked a little differently, and they used like leeches for medicine. Yeah. But you can't shoot a fucking ghost. It's like, in no story can you shoot a ghost. You can't even shoot a werewolf unless you have special bullets. You can't shoot a ghost. The guy punched it and nothing happened. Yes. I know. I leveraged that. Like, I kill a lot of... I Listen here, man. I listen kill a lot of ghosts, and you don't use a gun to do it. You have no idea how hard it is to kill a werewolf. <laughs> Everyone just starts going out there. They're grabbing their guns. They're going out looking for this ghost to apprehend it. <laughs> We got Ghost Patrol going on all around the outskirts of London. I love Ghost Patrol. And uh, these start on December 29th, like I said. So, Do you think any of these people are the like the ancestor of Zach Baggins? Probably. This is exactly his approach. Like Now he's like Mr. Curator. I know. There's never going to be a show where he probably doesn't come up. Is it, you old Zachary Baggins. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Zacharias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for four days now, people are going out at night with guns locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, ready to fucking light these ghosts up. Just fucking pump some slugs into a ghost. Like the Expendables, just ready to roll. Expendables 4, coming to a theater that's near you. That brings us to our first sponsor. <laughs> Expendables 4, just kidding. They didn't sponsor us. And that brings us to January 3rd of 1804. We have a man, Girdler is out, looking... Doing his nightly rounds. Yeah. It's nearing 11 o'clock, so he's going to tell everyone that it's 11 o'clock, because that was one of his jobs. <laughs> well, no, don't, don't say it that way. He would announce the curfew. He yes. would let people know, yeah. Um, and as he was out doing his rounds, he met up with one of the armed citizens patrolling the area, which is 29-year-old Francis Smith. Frankie Smith. So Frankie Smith is armed with a shotgun, and Smith meets up with Girdler, and he's like, I'm looking for the ghost. Girdler's like, okay, um, I'm doing my rounds, telling everyone that it's 11 and they should go into their house. Um, I'll meet up with you after I do that, um, and we'll take the ghost if possible. We'll apprehend this ghost. And so they went their separate ways. Just after 11 o'clock, we switch gears and we focus on Thomas Millwood. Thomas Millwood is a bricklayer um, who was visiting his parents. His parents lived off Black Lion Lane. 
and lived with uh, the, his sister lived with him. So he's checking up on his family, talking to him, had a nice visit, and he's like, "Oh well, the curfew's about to happen. I should probably head on home." So he's wearing his pretty typical bricklayer uniform, which is white linen trousers, um, a white flannel shirt. And an apron tied around his waist. A white apron tied around... <laughs> and a sheet over his face. <laughs> sheet. You know, you don't want to get that brick dust inside you. Um, so he's like, well, family, a wonderful visit, like always. Uh, I'm going to head home. Curfew's about to happen. That whole ghost chase is still going on. Well, and he had been hassled a number of times, right? Like, he had yes. been stopped and had people be like, you're the ghost. And he was like, I'm not the fucking ghost. It's, I'm not the ghost. I'm just a bricklayer. The, the real funny story with that is there was a carriage going past him one night on his way home from work, and a guy in the carriage goes, I see it, there's the ghost. To which Thomas turns to the guy and he goes, I'm not a ghost. I'm as much as a ghost as you are. Do you want to get these hands? Yeah, he basically he like, said, may I punch you? Do you want this smoke? And he's like, call me a ghost one more time, see what the fuck happens, dude. <laughs> um, so he, yes, he has been... Accused of being the ghost before. It gets on his nerves. He is walking home. You'd think he'd change. I don't mean to say it now. I know. Well, that's the thing. So uh, his wife had told him, because he had so many run-ins, hey, maybe wear like something over your work clothes when you're walking around at night. Grab a brown coat. They're like, you know how the city that we live in uh, has armed people hunting for a guy dressed in all white? Maybe don't go out at night dressed in all white. And he was like... No, I'm good. I'll be fine. I'm I'm all right. Uh, so he's leaving his his parents' house with his visit with his sister, and he's walking down the street. When, according to his sister, she hears a man yell at him, say, "Damn you! Who are you? And what are you? Damn you! I'll shoot you!" <laughs> and then a shot immediately rings out. Well, that's when we switch the story back over to good old Frankie Smith, Francis Smith. After meeting with Girdler. Uh, is walking down the street when he something catches his eye. He sees a he sees a is tall that a white figure, tall white figure in all white, approach out of nowhere. So he runs dude, up. Dude, I can fully see this dude, this little drunk wannabe vigilante who's like this Kyle Rittenhouse's great grandfather. That's like you. Yeah. This dude's like what? What? I'm what? Me? Me? I'm just I just got off of work, man. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking. I'm gonna get you ghost. I'm gonna get you fucking ghost. The guy's like, I'm, uh, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a ghost, dude. I just, <laughs> I just left my parents' house. And then, <laughs> so Smith runs up to him and he says the aforementioned, "Damn you! Who are you and what are you? Damn you! I'll shoot you!" Lets out a shot immediately after saying that. Hits Millwood in the left lower jaw, and kills him instantly. Yeah, he shot him in the head. Hits the ground. Um, Ann Millwood, his sister, runs out of the house because he was just on the street. Yeah. Runs out of the house, sees his body lying there, and looks up at Smith and is like, what did you do? And he just takes off running. He ends up running to uh, an inn not too far from where they are. Yeah, he ran to a bar. Um, and he's like, he, he bursts in. He says, guys, I shot the ghost. And they're... Four men sitting around, including Girdler and uh, Smith's neighbor, John Locke. They they stand up and they're like, you... I'm sorry, huh? You shot the ghost? He's like, yeah, man, you know that ghost we've been hunting? He said, it's me, your cousin. You know that ghost we've been hunting? Check this out. Um, <laughs> and he's like, um, my balls are way too swollen right now to look at anything. 
Uh, he's a man. I, I I got the ghost, you guys. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Could Swiss. you imagine? Like, could you imagine like sitting at that bar and you've been sitting in that bar every night for the last however long, <clears throat> hearing about this ghost, hearing about the shit going on. You and your buddies are like, you think it's real? You think there's really a ghost? And then you're sitting there one night and fucking goody good, drunk ass Francis Smith breaks down the door and is like, I fucking shot him, and you're just like, oh, he shot a guy. He definitely <laughs> shot a guy. Yes. There's no way that ghost was real. He shot a guy. Oh, he, he bursts in the he's bar. Just like, you're like, we should, we gotta, we gotta leave. <laughs> he bursts in the bar. He says, "Boys, good news." But first, do ghosts bleed? <laughs> and they're like, "No, man, it's a a ghost. It's uh, it doesn't have a body. Why, why would it bleed?" And he's like, "Yeah, you guys got a point." They're like, "What was that good news?" He goes, "Don't worry about <laughs> it. He's just covered in blood." Definitely not important anymore. It's nothing. Anyways, I saw a dude uh, laying on the side of the road. We should probably go check if he's good. Uh, there's a dead ghost outside. You guys should go. I mean, guy. Uh, guy. There's a dead guy. He, well, he's a ghost now. Anyway, I gotta go. So, he walks into the bar, and uh, he appears to be very agitated. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he said, um, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> Got the ghost. Howdy, y'all. And Ra- so This round's on me. Uh, Willie Girdles, um, John Locke, and another man, uh, George Stowe, all stand up and they're like, oh, you got the, where? <laughs> you should probably show us where you got the ghost. So they walk down the street and um, they see Millwood's body laying on the ground and they just kind of turn to good old Francie Smith and they're like, hey man, go home. <laughs> You need to get the fuck out of here. So the three men, uh, they they send Smith home. The three men then pick up uh, Millwood's body and take him back to the inn yeah. uh, where there was a doctor there, and he begins examining the body. Um, he shouldn't have been wearing white. <laughs> uh, constable shows up to the scene, um, looks, and is like, what happened? And they're like, fucking Francie, Francie Smith. Shot this dude in the face. Frank got it in his mind that he was going to be a hero, and he shot this poor bricklayer. So the constable goes and arrests Smith, and the surgeon continues to do uh, Millwood's autopsy. Do you think he did it because he's a smith and the other guy was a mason? (laughs) You know, clash like cats and dogs, you know? Uh, Crips and bloods. Smiths and ghosts. Uh, So the autopsy then does say that he is pronounced dead due to the result of, quote, a gunshot wound to the left side of the lower jaw with a small shot about a number size four, one of which had penetrated the vertebrae of the neck and injured the spinal marrow. So with a small caliber shotgun, he got shot in the face. It severed his spinal, spinal cord, cord yeah. and it killed him. Um, so you're thinking, well... So the ghost. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, imagine if that worked, like, if it was a ghost, and that's how you did it. Like, that's basically what Doom is about. Yeah. Uh, and also, it makes the Ghostbusters such a different show. <laughs> if they just like, were, if they were like four John Wicks, and they just kick down the door, and they just fucking light them up. <laughs> shooting, shooting ghosts. Um, so yeah, they arrest Smith, and they're like, "Hey, man." Um, you fucked up, buddy. Well, he knew that. That's why he bounced. Yeah. Because he was like, it's not dissimilar from the Minnesota Iceman story. Sort of, we talked about it earlier, but it's like the inverse yes. of that story. Where this guy thought he was taking down something supernatural, and then, oopsie, I, actually, that might be a guy. The other way around, I mean, 
there was definitely a concern with the Minnesota Iceman that it might have been a real guy, but he more than anything else was like, oh, shit, I just got to get rid of this. Yes. Yeah, but the idea that he was worried he fucked up and accidentally killed somebody. Goof of the day. Yep. Goof of the, actually, goof <laughs> of about 150 years, and we'll yeah. get into that <laughs> yeah, that's here true. in a second. But um, he gets arrested, so the ghost's sightings die down. Literally. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, and, and they end up having to go look... Or go to trial. Okay. So Smith gets arrested and they go to trial. Willful murder. That's the charge he's brought up on. And uh, the deceased wife, Miss Fulbrook, uh, stated that she had, like I said, warned him to not wear white out at night. Like, hey man, stop doing it. And this is actually in her testimony. She said, on Saturday evening, he and I were at home, for he lived with me. He said he had frightened two ladies and a gentleman who were coming along the terrace in a carriage. Um, That's the whole story about... Yeah. The dude like being like, you're a ghost. And he's like, fuck you, I'm not a ghost. You're I can a ghost. let you up. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, hey, um, maybe from now on, maybe put a great coat on so you don't <laughs> run into any danger. Um, Millwood's sister also testified that um, she heard Smith say, like, stop, I'm going to shoot you. Who the fuck are you? What are you? Are you a ghost? I'm going to shoot you. And uh, while she did say, yeah, he gave that warning, he shot immediately after talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was no... Put your hands up. Um... And a bunch of different claims were coming out of, like, Smith's good character. Like, oh, he's a great guy. He does so much for the community. And the judge, uh, Lord Chief... Oh, yeah, he's got big uh, J-R-O-T-C vibes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, And the judge, which I wish we start calling judges, like, names like this more often, Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald (laughs) MacDonald... (laughs) Had a farm, goddamn. ...was like, "Um, hey, guys, I just want to make something clear to the jury... You don't need to be a bad person to kill someone. <laughs> uh, because you're a good person doesn't mean you didn't murder somebody in cold blood. His actual, Even if you thought it was a ghost. His actual statement was, I should betray my duty and injure the public security if I do not persist in asserting that this is a clear case of murder and the facts be provided to your satisfaction. Well, it is a clear case of murder. I mean, yeah, it, he shot a guy. It doesn't matter that you thought it was a ghost. You shot a human being. You absolved them of life. Yes, uh, he then said that Smith had neither acted in self-defense nor shot Millwood by accident. Um, he had not been provoked by Millwood um, or even a ghost. He had not been provoked. He ran up on the ghost. Yeah, this set a pretty important legal precedent in uh, the English legal system. But the argument is wild that <laughs> I thought it was a ghost. I'm allowed to shoot him. Yeah. No, you're not. You could have. You definitely could have gone up to him. I would have excused maybe grabbing him or been like, hey, are you a fucking... Hey, buddy, are you a ghost? But you don't just get to jump straight to yeah. shooting. You don't get to go straight. Like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. That's why I told you. He's like Kyle Rittenhouse's yeah. great-grandfather. Um, so they said he did not attempt to apprehend it, like you said, and Millwood had not committed any offense to justify being shot. He was literally just standing on the street. I know this is a very familiar-sounding situation, other than the fact that this guy was abundantly white. But they also said, even if he did shoot a ghost, not even the ghost had committed any crimes (laughs) that would warrant being shot. Um, He said, frightening people while pretending to be ghost isn't a felony. If anything, it's a misdemeanor, which is punishable by a small fine. It's the other half of what we do on Halloween. Yes. It's not or treat. 
Um, so could you imagine if he shot a bunch of kids and fucking Frank Smith shoots a bunch of kids that come trick or treating at his house? He's like, ah, oh, Frankenstein, a werewolf, a ghost, a witch. <laughs> Guys, I killed all of Monster Party. It's pretty impressive. They had to do like tricks and pizza and stuff like that. I killed three. Man's got nards. I got three tiny vampires. I got them before they got any bigger. I got vampire seeds. Vampire seeds? Gross. <laughs> That's what uh, almost killed Chris and Bell in like the third Twilight movie, Vampire Seed. Um, <laughs> so the judge makes his closing remarks, and he's like, hey, guys, um, we know that Francis over here is a cool guy. He's a good guy. Does not make the fact that he still shot a man in the face. Yeah, he definitely killed this guy, like, he's regardless like, of his character. He said, uh, murder... Is still murder. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not James Bond. He doesn't have a license to kill. He can't just like go out and justify his homicide because he was spooked. <laughs> I got scared, so I shot him. Um, so the jury's like, yeah, yeah, you got a point. So they go and they deliberate. They come back and they're like, we took what you said into account. He did. He did shoot that guy in the face. Did think he was a ghost, but he did shoot a man in the face and killed him. We find him guilty <laughs> of manslaughter. A charge he was not charged with. And uh, Could you imagine if you went to court and you were like, you're in there for, I don't know, like theft or something, and they come back and we're like, we find you innocent on the charge of theft, but guilty on the charge of conspiracy to murder. And you're like, what? That's a worse one. <laughs> I wasn't arrested for that. You're like, you get a DUI and you go to your court case and they're like, listen, man, uh, we're actually not going to charge you for the DUI. And you're like, oh, that's great news. Yeah, but we are charging you for public indecency. You're now a pedophile. <laughs> what? I'll take the D. Take my license away. I'll take the DUI. Nah, man, that's what we decided. I'm sorry. We spun the wheel. It's what we landed on. Hey, where do you live? Right next to a school. Not anymore, dude. Gotta move. <laughs> Sounds like you're a homeless pedophile, buddy. No, guys, I was just drunk driving. Ah. <laughs> what are we going to believe? Us 12 people or a pedophile? And he's like, you're ruining a my drunk life. driving pedophile. No, guys, you, uh, you you said you wouldn't charge me for the drunk driving. Ah, but you didn't have an issue with the pedophilia. Ah, damn it, you tricked me. <laughs> so this is like the, well, it's not dissimilar from, like, the pleading in this case. Because he was like, you shot this man and you, you killed a ghost. Well, you can't kill a ghost. Well, yeah, well, you killed a man. Well, he's a ghost now. Yeah, well, yeah but you shot a ghost. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he was alive. Yeah, but I made him a ghost. Yeah, he's a ghost now. Oh, did you shoot him? Did you shoot the ghost? Well, preemptively. I shot him before he was a ghost. Preemptive. I preemptively shot the ghost, so I think I'm kind of in the clear, right, guys? Prep crime. I, I just, you know, made sure our ghost problem didn't get worse. <laughs> uh, that's actually. <laughs> mm, so you should. Be Honestly, I feel like I should get a parade or maybe a statue. So, so the jury comes out and they're like, um, "Yeah, he he shot a dude, so it's manslaughter." And the judge. Uh, good old Sir Lord Chief Archibald the Third Baron yeah, McDonald, the fucking Burgermeister, Burgermeister Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald McDonald, uh, was like, "Hey, uh, guys, the fuck? We just <laughs> talked about this." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, man. Well, he shot the dude, so it's manslaughter." And he goes, yeah, "What did I just tell you? It wasn't <laughs> on the menu. It wasn't an option. I told you guys to go back in that room and say, did he murder someone or did he not murder someone?'" And you came back with, kind of. <laughs> that wasn't the options. <laughs> there aren't 12 of you to get a kind of. I said, uh, you guys want to go back there, decide if you want 
burgers or pizza for dinner, and you guys came out and said fucking fried chicken, that wasn't an option. <laughs> it's delicious, but wrong. This is the first hung jury. We think it means that they're all just, they can't come to a conclusion. He just hung every one of them. So he, he said, get back in your fucking jury closet and come back out when you decide yes murder or no murder. Nothing else. And so they went back in. They were in there for a little bit. The guy popped out. He said... Uh, Grand Theft Auto. I know cars don't exist yet, but can we? And he said, get the fuck back in the closet. <laughs> How do you feel about horse murder? Can we give him a horse murder? Hey, what about, um, uh, truancy? Is that a thing? Can we try adults with truancy? Anyways, we're not quite sure still. He's like, yes or no to murder. That's all you have to decide. So they deliberate for an hour and they come out and they say, you know, we took what you had to say into a lot of consideration, and the fact that we we still think it's manslaughter, but you told us we can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he, he definitely murdered a man. He's guilty of murder. And so the judge is like, thank you for finally doing your I job. I mean, the argument, the real argument there is, did he do it intentionally, right? Yeah. Like, did he, manslaughter is the, an accidental murder. All the other murder charges were, did you intend to? And the truth is, yeah, like, he didn't intend to murder that specific man, but he did intend to murder whoever he thought the ghost was. Mm -hmm. So just because he thinks that there's like some supernatural law at play because it's a alleged ghost, yeah, it doesn't mean you can murder. Murder's still not the solution. Yeah. If I was like, hey, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna stab a werewolf, and I just stabbed a random dude. I'd still get arrested for stabbing a random dude because I was like, yeah, I'm going out with the intent to stab a person. Well, yeah, because you're going to, I mean, you got to climb a mountain to prove that that's a ghost or prove that yeah. it's a werewolf or what, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's not until you've really proven that that's what it is that they might cut you some slack yeah. and be like, okay, fair enough. But, like, it's, again, Minnesota Iceman. Listen to that episode. But he would have had to have proven it was a Sasquatch, and he didn't want to do that. So, he gets tried. They say, you're guilty of murder. This is what we're going to do. You're sentenced to death. You are sentenced to become a ghost of yourself. Um, we are going to hang you. And after you are dead, cut you into pieces. Uh, because this apparently is the common thing we do with murderers at this time. Dude, fucking English people are the most fucked up weird people. Yeah. Uh, it's and like letting the quiet kid run the planet. But being five miles away from Buckingham Palace... This case got a lot of attention. Yeah. And when a court case gets a lot of attention, especially by the crown, the king has an opportunity to look over the case and decide if it was a just trial or not. So the case gets sent to the king. King looks at it, uh, was apparently going through a rough time, is what he said. He's like, I was going through some stuff. Me, the king. <laughs> uh, I looked through this case, and you know, he did shoot that man in the face. Uh, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's just to hang him and cut him into tiny little pieces. So instead, <laughs> how nice of you. Uh, he's sentenced to a year's hard labor. <laughs> That's so bad. Could but, you open? God, that news! I've never gotten news that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sir, um, we're gonna cut your arms and legs off and throw you into the ocean. Oh shit! Really? Um, yeah, but the king has the final say. King, what do you think? 
Um, well, and you know, this didn't happen. Like There wasn't texting. You didn't yeah. call his cousin with the swollen ball. So it was like days. Yeah, he just sat there being like, oh my God, they're going to fucking hang me and cut my dick off and cut my feet off and cut me into little pieces and eat me. And then the, the, the King's guy came back all emotionless and was like, hey man, um, you just got to go work in the fields for a year. Yeah. And then left and he was like, what? 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 I get to keep my dick? That's like the the best the best analogy I can think of is when you did something in like middle school but you didn't get caught, <laughs> and so the whole day you're like, "Fuck, someone's gonna someone's gonna call me out," and it's like, uh, "Caleb, can you come down to the principal's office?" Fuck, I'm in so much trouble, and so you get up and you walk down there and you sit down. They're like, "Oh, uh, Caleb, you can wait right there. They'll be with you in just a second. Like, Fuck, they. They knew that I devious licked all the sinks in the, in the bathroom. Like, Again, yeah, I'd can, like to point out we're pro devious like you, you can you can come right in, have a seat. You sit down and you're like, so should we do like um, pizza Friday <laughs> or like fish sticks for lunch? And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you fucking asshole! Oh, thank god. Um, so he gets sentenced to a year's hard labor, and. Uh, the court case becomes a big thing for like the next 150 years when it comes to cases in England about self-defense. Yeah, that precedent's really important in terms of self-defense. Um, they're like, is it a self-defense case if you think someone has malice intent towards you? Are you allowed to act or do they actually have to do something? Well, about 153 years later, they decided, based on another case, you cannot act and murder someone under the suspicion that they're going to do something to you. They have to actually physically present themselves as a harm or physically harm you yeah. for you to react in self-defense. Yeah, it's the, that's the hit me, bro. It's yeah. the, once it's a, the very basis of every shithead that's ever been annoying to you that was like, come at me, bro, hit me first, hit me first. Yeah. That's because they were told when they were a kid that self-defense, you can do whatever you want. You're exonerated if somebody else hits you first. Yeah. And this, that's, it comes from this very necessary precedent. So that brings up the question, what was the actual ghost? Yeah, who was the ghost then? There's a couple different theories. Yeah, yeah. One, the main theory, that it was an actual ghost of the man that slit his throat and yeah. was buried in the church grounds. Yeah, the year previous, in 1802, the guy who was unceremoniously buried in the church grounds. I don't, I, the much more believable story, I think, is uh, there's allegedly, there was a shoemaker in the area, the only thing that's known of him is his surname, which is Graham. Yes. And the... He, it's alleged that he was running around trying to scare his employees who had scared his children with ghost stories of the man who had killed himself mm -hmm. and said that these uh, the Hammersmith ghost was this terrible man that was going to catch you in the woods and he was going to kill you. And the guy was pissed off about it because he'd scared the shit out of his kids. So he decided that he was going to go out and fuck with people. And I, the immediate response is, okay, well, if that's the case, then why was he... Why was he hurting people? Well, I mean, I bet most of those cases are exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, I think in all likelihood, it probably was this cobbler, the shoemaker cobbler. That's not what they're called. <laughs> He's a shoemaker in this running around in a sheet. Because it's not like the idea of a sheet ghost was new. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's that goes way back. So I think it probably was just a guy in a sheet. Because the sheet came off at one point. Mm -hmm. You know, our good man Girdler <laughs> was like, he, he blew his sheet. Um, so I have a feeling that... now. The question, I have a feeling it was him, but the question that that raises is why the fuck was he doing all that stuff? Yeah, um, that brings up the other theory that it was actually a group of people 
who were kind of um, relishing in the fact that their small town had an urban legend. So it was a group well, of people. Well, you can't blame them for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. A group of people that would go, and they'd put out sheets, and they'd just do things. And, of course, you have people that take it to more extremes than the other. Of course. Um, that's what I... If we're pushing the idea that it was an actual ghost out of the equation, that's what I believe it was. I fully believe that it was a group of people that kind of went off of this story that was being told that Graham set up uh, trying to scare his apprentices... And people were like, yeah, let's dress up like the ghosts. Yeah, that's it. You, so you copycats, you think it was copycats? Yeah, it, I, I tear, uh, make a good parallel to um, a couple years back, all the stupid fucking clowns that were popping up yeah, all over yeah, I TikTok remember. and stuff like that, um, where one person was like, there's a killer clown in my neighborhood, and all across the country people were putting on stupid clown costumes. It was really big. People. Yeah, it was really big in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend in uh, Puerto Rico who said that uh, she even saw someone at the same time oh, running yeah. around Puerto Rico in a costume. Yeah. Well, then it's. I think it's relatively easy to believe. I. I think it's. I, obviously, there was somebody running around. I think it was probably some pranksters. Yeah. And all, like, look into the story. We talked about Shane and Ryan earlier, but the if you want to, they have a really good um, episode about uh, Van Gogh's death. Yes. Um, and it's worth looking into because it is a good examination of the cruelty of youngsters, especially in a time before. I think it's funny that people are like, oh, video games are bad for kids and all that stuff. That's an outlet for it. That energy existed, and they used to pick on people. Yeah. I mean, I can even think of when I was a kid and the mean shit we would do. Yeah. You you know, I don't know, man. I just think it's probably good that we're not riding around on our bicycles throwing bottles at strangers anymore. It's yeah. probably better that I get that energy out in fucking Halo or whatever, you know. But, yeah, I, I think it's perfectly possible that it was a bunch of kids. Uh, I hope that it was a real ghost. But what we know it wasn't for sure was a bricklayer. <laughs> and we know that you shouldn't try to shoot a ghost if you want to kill it. That's yes. my closing advice. You got to get one of those boxes with the goo and you don't cross the stream. That's what Dan Aykroyd <laughs> I thought you says. meant like a box propped up on a stick to catch <laughs> Yeah, simple deadfall trap. That's all you need. Well, all right, Caleb, you want to hit him with the, the riddle? Yeah, it's the end of the episode, so it's the riddle. Last week's was, I have thousands of ears, but I cannot hear. It was a cornfield. Cornfield, baby. This one, we got a little bit of a true crime riddle. So mm -hmm. a man was found murdered on Sunday morning. His wife calls the police, and the police question everyone. Uh, everyone has an alibi. The wife was sleeping. The butler was cleaning the closet. The gardener was picking vegetables, the maid was getting the mail, and the cook was making breakfast. The police immediately arrest someone. Who was the murderer, and how did they figure it out? Let us know in the comments. You want to be a, a true crime solver, a real detective? This is your opportunity. Also, check out my video on that later this week. And uh, we love you all very much. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Boy, it turned off.